Hello, my name is Andrea Robertson. My teacher name is Ms. Robertson. I'm currently a teaching fellow at a local independent school here in Victoria, BC, British Columbia. Uh, I've been an educator for about 13 or so years. And my I have two, if you don't mind me. Absolutely. I have two teachers that I think of very fondly. Um, Mr. Cranenberg, who was my grade nine social studies teacher, who then later became my uh, mentor and supervisor during my practicum years. And then I have Mr. Cragen, who I think about quite often because I only had him for one year and he was my grade 10 social studies teacher, but he was actually a science teacher. Hmm. And I find as more I think about him, the more his time teaching me reflects what my career has turned out, turned out to be. Hello, teachers from around the world, and welcome to the Legendary Educator Podcast, the podcast for teachers for continuing professional development, where we discuss everything related to education. I'm your host, Mr. Ramos. And hey, happy Teacher Appreciation Week. I know it was last week, but as I'm recording this episode, it is actually this week. So, you know, funny how these things work with podcasts. Anyway, if you haven't heard this yet, hopefully you can hear it from me. Teachers, thank you for your efforts. Thank you for your long hours. Thank you for your dedication. Thank you for your passion in the classroom. Thank you for your passion for inspiring your students. And thank you for being a teacher. I'm sure your students appreciate it. And if they don't yet, they will soon. One of the great things about being a teacher is the flexibility to travel and teach abroad. Yep. You can drop everything and decide to go teach in a foreign country for a couple of years. Whether or not you actually have any teaching experience. But is it worth it? If you've been thinking about traveling and teaching abroad, well then this episode is for you. My guest this week is Ms. Andrea Robertson, an old friend of mine who currently teaches in Canada, but has done her time teaching in several countries. And that's what we discuss today. We talk about her positive and negative experiences about teaching abroad, and she gives her opinion on whether or not it's a good idea to leave home and go into the unknown. We also talk about living through a revolution. Yes, a real-life political upheaval in one of the countries she was living in at the time. Needless to say, this is going to be a very exciting episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to the channel so you won't miss any of the extremely important episodes coming up in the next several weeks as we wind down this first season of The Legendary Educator. And make sure you go to the website legendaryeducator.com to subscribe to the mailing list because I'm getting ready to make some exciting announcements. It was a blast from the past talking with this legendary educator. Ms. Robertson, welcome. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast episode. Being a teacher is tough. Sure, it's one of the most rewarding jobs you could possibly have, but more often than not, you're overworked, underpaid, not to mention the stress and pressure coming at you from every direction, from keeping your students on track, satisfying the administration with your performance, and of course, parents telling you that you need to pay more attention to their kid, you know, because you don't have 20 other kids in your class. Sometimes you just need to turn it all off and talk to someone, don't you? Well, let me introduce you to BetterHelp. 
BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Use the link betterhelp.com slash legendaryeducator to get 10% off your first month of therapy. That's betterhelp.com slash legendaryeducator. Check out BetterHelp today. You deserve it. We met all the way back in 2011, I think, when you were a teacher teaching abroad in Egypt. And that was an interesting time for you. Um, you know, Egypt back in 2011. And we're going to talk about this later on. But first, I want to peek at your professional resume. How many years did you teach abroad and in how many countries? I taught abroad for about three and a half to four years. I started in Korea and then I went to Egypt for two years. And then I ended my abroad years teaching uh, in China for a year. What was your motivation for, you know, leaving home? Well, that's a great question. It has it had a lot to do. Well, there's two reasons. One, uh, I have family members who uh, grew up in international schools. So I mm. knew about this concept of Canadian schools abroad. And I thought that was really cool. And I, it kind of spoke to my need and want to travel. Mm. I had traveled before, and then I went back to school. And so it just be, kind of became my my raison d'etre. The reason to become a teacher mm. was to have this opportunity to bring life and play together. Oh, right? okay. Work Interesting. And play together. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But the big reason why I ended up doing it, as opposed to saying I was going to do it, but actually genuinely going out and trying, was I I grew I graduated with my my B Ed and my BA in a time when there were no jobs for teachers, mm. particularly in British Columbia. So if I wanted to teach, I was looking at five to 10 years of sitting on the TOC list. In BC, we call it TOC, it's the teacher on call list. Mm-hmm. Or I could go overseas and try my hand at getting some experience. Mm. So I ended up in Korea first. My goal was always to be in the Middle East, but the Middle East wanted at least two years experience before you, they would even look at your resume. And I was fresh out of university mm. and there was no opportunity. So mm. I went to Asia and I ended up in a independent school there. It wasn't affiliated with any particular country. It mm. was, but it was not a hog one. It was a classic school, but it was a for-profit private institution for very young ki- for very young children. Mm. And I'm a senior school teacher. So I was a little bit a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. But what an what an opportunity! So that's why I ended up overseas was so that I could actually teach. I could get in the classroom and start honing my craft right away. Okay, let's talk about all the positive things. What were your positive experiences? What were the benefits of living abroad, teaching abroad? There, there are many. There are many positives about uh, teaching and living abroad. The one is the adventure. Mm. If you are an adventurous person, you should be doing this. 
If you're not an adventurous person, you should be doing this. Oh. It will actually push you. I mean, some people, they think they're adventurous. They get off that plane and they go, no, thanks. Hmm. Other people think I'm not adventurous, but this is a pretty you know, a pretty sweet setup that I have here. And I think maybe I can push myself out. And then they end up standing out for years. Mm. I don't think, you know, until, you know, it gave me teaching experience immediately. Mm. Um, often the teaching experience wasn't easy. Often it was very difficult and you learn to be flexible mm. when you're teaching overseas. You think you might be going into a system that you've been promised a certain position. And then you arrive and they say, actually, the teacher who just got off the plane that was going to teach junior kindergarten can't do junior kindergarten because she's freaking out. And hey, would you mind possibly stepping in mm. and taking on this role, even though you're a senior school social studies teacher? Right. Mm. Sure. Uh, the living, there's, you get in the right schools, you can make good money. Often your flights are covered that to and from. You get often paid a fairly decent wage tax-free if you do your if you do your homework and you take mm -hmm. a look and make sure you cover all your basics before you leave medical there's opportunities to save it allowed me to put a substantial amount of money down on my student loans mm. by living overseas I could send over 70 percent of my income back home to be able to pay down my debt so it worked in many ways and it also exposed me to different ways of learning different people around my nation, different people around the country in different countries. And being an outsider in another country is very humbling and very exciting. And you learn the art of teaching really quickly. You have to figure out that the ways in which you think are the right ways to do it and your systems and your culture mm. aren't necessarily the culture there. And you learn it humbles you very quickly, if you, especially if you allow it to. Those are just some of the positives or many, many positives. Okay. So besides education and the teaching aspect of it, like day-to-day -day life, good things, memorable moments, things like that. Well, as you are well aware, your sister and I are <laughs> best friends. I mean, mm. I met your sister my second day of being in Egypt mm. and we, we connected immediately. And to this day, even though I haven't seen her in. You were roommates, weren't you? Once upon a time. We lived together for yeah. a year. Yeah. Yeah. We traveled yeah. to and from. Yeah, we traveled to and from our job from Madi in Cairo to 6th of October City, which was mm -hmm. not an easy drive to and from every day. You develop relationships. I am still very much in touch with a handful of people, mm -hmm. particularly in my years in Egypt. Less so with my Korea experience, more mm -hmm. so with my Egypt experience and with my China experience. As mm -hmm. you grow, so do your develop your friendships, I think. Oh, life was good. I mean, this is where being adventurous is important. Mm. When you live abroad, it can be very lonely at times. You mm. go through those phases, right? Where it's like the honeymoon phase and then yeah, the like there's like a, like a scientific process, right? Then mm. you get homesickness and then you get angry and nothing is like at home. Mm. And so if you're not adventurous or if you're not establishing good relationships with the people around you, you can get sucked into a vortex that can make the experience difficult. But if you're able to poke your head up above it and say, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm having a tough day today mm. or living here is difficult. And, you know, living in Egypt in 2011 was not. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But the people are amazing and mm. the opportunities are there. You'll never get opportunities at home like you will get overseas. What do you mean? 
<clears throat> well, I, I don't know if this is particular to Egypt or not. I, I, I don't think it is actually, but there were a number of times where I'd be somewhere doing something, talking to somebody. Mm. Uh, for, for example, there was a going away party. So a colleague of mine had been there for 17 years. Her friends had been there for 17 years. She worked for the World Health Organization. Mm. Her, husband's work, her husband worked for Reuters. They were moving. So they threw a party. Well, they're in these two major organizations. Mm. I'm at this party. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm sitting beside lawyers from the WHO, and I'm sitting with major journalists. And I'm thinking, how is a small town girl? How did I get here? <laughs> sitting and yeah. having having these conversations with these really interesting, cool people. If I had continued to live in Vernon, British Columbia, which I love as my hometown, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had these experiences. By virtue of being overseas and being part of an expat community, it enabled me to rub shoulders with people I would never have had mm-hmm. that opportunity to do. And it, by doing so, it starts broadening your worldview. You start seeing things differently. You start, it's not about hoity-toityness and look who I'm walking with, but rather talking through talking with these people, you start to have a different understanding of how the world works. Mm-hmm. You start seeing how beautiful it is to be coming from, to be coming from a small town, but how isolated it is. Mm. And how the world is bigger and the problems are larger and the beauty is grander and the human identity is so much more rich than you ever realized right that's well what said. i love about living overseas well it's- said that was really good at my moments <laughs> <laughs> let's maximize on these moments um any other positives or do you want to go into the negatives mm, i'll probably think of more positives as we go along to be honest with you okay Summer is right around the corner, and that means you finally get some time off. Or that could also mean that you can have an opportunity to make some side income by doing something that you probably already do on a daily basis. Nowadays provides online courses developed by experts to help learners build the confidence and skills they need to start a new, fulfilling career or side hustle. Their courses have opened the doors for more than 6,000 learners seeking highly flexible work and extra income. What makes them unique is that their top graduates are offered guaranteed work with partner companies. For their two existing courses, Becoming a Proofreader and Becoming an Editor, they partnered with Proofed, a proofreading and editing services business. All NOAA Day courses are certified as continuing professional development. This means that any NOAA Day's graduate will have an internationally recognized certification that meets the requirements of the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. If you'd like to try their courses commitment-free, they offer a detailed free trial so that learners can see exactly how the courses will benefit them. Additionally, a full refund is offered within two weeks from purchase for any NOAA Days course that doesn't meet a learner's expectations. You can find the link in the show notes or at legendaryeducator.com resources. Check out NOAA Days today and be on your way to making extra income in a matter of weeks. As I mentioned at the beginning, living in Egypt in 2011 was a very interesting time for everybody living in Egypt in 2011. Can you tell us why? Uh, There was a revolution. Mm -hmm. And as a social studies teacher, it was... It was mind-blowing, right? (laughs) It it was. It was truly and honestly mind-blowing in amongst the chaos. And I, I think what's really important to take away from that experience is that everybody had a different experience with the revolution. Yes. 
Yes. Every single one of us. There mm -hmm. were three of us living in my building. Two of them were not in my building during a particular time. And mm -hmm. I had a very different experience than the others. Mm -hmm. um, it was beautiful. It was exciting. And it was heart-wrenching. Mm -hmm. And it shifted Egypt completely. Mm -hmm. And my experience of being in Egypt. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't take it away. In fact, I stayed another year. I started, you know, the school year started in September 2020. <laughs> I remember I was surprised that you came back. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot I of knew how scary it was for you. I mean, again, as a social studies teacher, I was a social studies teacher. I mean, yes, it had its, you know, scary moments. But I mean, looking back, it's like we were right in the middle of a historical event. We are watching history unfold. Exactly. exactly. And as history teachers from a democracy who've always kind of, you know, we drank the Kool-Aid. Democracy mm -hmm. is the one and only system. And mm -hmm. once it's exposed and people see what it is, it'll automatically shift your worldview and you'll you'll be like, how did we never do this before? And mm -hmm. I think that was the most heartbreaking part about living in Egypt mm -hmm. was watching um watching a nation figure out what democracy was. All right. Yeah. And watching mm -hmm. a nation not being really properly advised mm -hmm. about how to get to that. And watching a nation with you know in all this history, you can't really fault it. The fact that it didn't end up the way we wanted at the end, as somebody who lives outside of it now. Right. Yes, exactly. Hmm. I can look at it and go, okay, am I surprised? Hmm. But when I was when I was in it, I was I was upset. I was really upset that hmm. the opportunities were squandered, that people were taking advantage of other people, hmm. that the miscommunication, the misinformation, the yeah. and watching the this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but also watching and realizing that the system that I had been told was the only system and then watching it not work and then mm -hmm. coming back to my democracy and with new eyes and realizing just how broken it can be mm -hmm. and how, how much we take advantage of how good we have it here, especially in Canada mm -hmm. and people complaining about the most simplest of things. And I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not going to lie to you. That experience changed me forever. I am not remotely the same person um, as I was like now, as I was when I started in Egypt, it, it shifted my life completely. And it's taken me a while to, to rectify that. So you are actually looking at this from a positive light, because I was actually going to start sort of talking about the, you know, negative aspects of living abroad or teaching abroad, but you're, well, again, I mean, it's been 10 years, it's been what, 20 years now. So, <laughs> so we can say that well, now, well, right? At the time, it was, you know, a scary event for you. I know that you went through. Yeah. Well, you know, we lived across the street from the prison. Yes. That yes <laughs> eventually housed Mubarak. And that prison was a prison that kind of was, it was a tough prison. There were some things going on and some actions that were made. And so, it impacted so, so let me put things into perspective. I mean, I was living in a building. You were living a couple of buildings down. And this street was right in front of one of the biggest prisons in Egypt, where all the political uh, sort of prisoners go to and is where, where the former president of Egypt was. Yeah, That's yeah. remarkable. I mean, that's a remarkable thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Like, yeah, like we can say that now, right? There was also the gunfire and the, you know. Building attacks. <laughs> and the machine guns at the building attacks and like not knowing who's whom and all that. Yes, I remember all that. But curfew. Uh, the curfew. Oh my gosh. Yes, we have to go home like, at like six, seven o'clock. I remember that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, you're oh walking with your 
with your purse or your yes. bag on the front. Yes. Just in case the car drove by and pulled it and you didn't get dragged. You know, desperation, things like revolutions are exciting, but it creates levels of desperation and it becomes, you know, a different world. So what are some, because we are a balanced and we are a fair show, what mm. are some of the negative aspects of living abroad in general, like any country, not specifically Egypt during a revolution, but, you know, but any country? Well, they tend to be the same. Mm. Uh, often, so if you are a teacher or an individual that has graduated from school and is looking to not quite sure what they're going to do. And so you want to go teach ESL, for example, mm. Going overseas to teach in some capacity leaves you open to different people mm -hmm. in different organizations. Pretty much all of the organizations, unless you end up going working for a public school or a not-for-profit international school, they are for-profit institutions. Right. Which means that you, you sign a contract, they tell you it's one thing, you get there, it's another. Uh, there's no protection. There's no unions. It's based on trust. You, it's a bit of because there are no unions and because there's no uh, over overseeing body or overarching body, you don't have any guarantee that the people that you're working for are trustful. You you don't necessarily get the um, you don't know if the people that are put in positions of power that are from your country are also the best people for the job. Mm -hmm. So you are exposed mm -hmm. and you're trapped. If you're a woman, it's a different experience than if you're a man. Mm -hmm. Depending on which country you go to, sometimes you have you're required to give your passport up. You can't leave if you don't have your passport. Mm. Um, you know, there's just sometimes you're cheated. Sometimes you're not given what you're promised. You you have no third party to ensure that you are you are protected, that you're safe, and that the contract that you signed is actually going to be upheld. Right. Mm. Right. So mm -hmm. in those circumstances, I think. There's like little, I can like little bits, you know, negative things we can talk about. But mm -hmm. I think the overarching piece is you want to make sure that wherever you end up is as trustworthy as possible hmm. and that there is some sort of organization, third party organization that holds them accountable. So an accredited school, hmm. for example, like a school that's accredited by another country. So in Canada, we have these international schools. They're like BC schools or Manitoba schools or Ontario schools, all those schools they are for-profit institutions, right? but they must be accredited every year by a, th a third party from those governments to come, from mm -hmm. the Ministry of Education. They come and ensure that the teachers are all doing what they're doing. The unit plans are done. They're all upheld. Because at the end of the day, these kids graduate with the Dogwood Diploma mm -hmm. that you and I graduated with from, mm -hmm. our, from our respective high schools here in Canada. There's, a, there's an account, accountability mm -hmm. that happens there. Mm -hmm. That being said, I, I opened a BC school in China. So I arrived in China. Uh, there was, we were, it was a brand new school we were opening. So it was only going to be 30 kids. Mm. I arrived with a brand new, fresh out of university teacher. We landed in China after a very long and difficult journey to get there. And there was no principal. And I was like, well, what do you mean there's no principal? They're like, well, we were told by our onshore rep that we don't need a principal to open this school. And I was like, well, of course you do. It's a British Columbia certified school or will be a British Columbia certified school. You are required to not only have BC certified teachers, but you're required to have administrators who are overseeing this, who work with your onshore rep. But while we were flying and traveling to China, they actually fired the government of BC fired the onshore rep because mm. she was, she, they had found out that she had set up a bunch of falsehoods. So 
you know, you land and sometimes a job isn't what you think it's going to be. I land and I had a whole two and a half years of experience under my belt and I became the principal of the school. Nice. Full time. Mm -hmm. And it was an experience and having that has actually propelled my future career now that I'm back onshore. Mm. Right. What about some of like the, you know, sort of day to day? Yeah. It can be very difficult. Um, So in Egypt, I found not knowing the language wasn't an issue, but being a woman was interesting. Hmm. I learned a lot about, you know, I grew up being an independent, strong woman, didn't need anybody for anything. And then you go to a nation like Egypt that has a very different perspective on gender roles and rights and responsibilities. And I realized that I couldn't transfer my Canadian ideals Hmm. to Egypt. And just assume, A, that they were going to be respected, and B, that it was culturally appropriate. Right. I had to adjust. I mean, it didn't mean I, I became subvert, subservient. It meant that I had to navigate. Yes. In a way that I still felt that I was keeping my identity, making sure that I was keeping myself safe, being a single woman over there, mm-hmm. but also being respectful. And I think because I was respectful to my, my neighbors, they took incredible care of me. Mm-hmm. Well, especially during the revolution and throughout the time you did and your sister did, right? And your family did and all sorts of people. So, I mean, in China, it was language. Mm. There's a culture piece there. We were we were the very first international school being opened in this province. So we were new to them. The idea that obviously I didn't speak Chinese or Mandarin, part of my mm-hmm. language. I, I didn't speak Mandarin. Mm-hmm. My colleague didn't speak Mandarin. And there's a piece there where nobody would pick us up in a cab. Egypt, you got <laughs> money, we'll take you anywhere. We uh, will figure it out. Hmm. China, it was about saving face. They knew I couldn't speak their language. They couldn't speak my language. So hmm. they would just drive past me. I could never get a cab anywhere. Wow. I couldn't speak Mandarin. Or so I looked like I couldn't speak Mandarin. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. That's so interesting. You know, it's no secret that teachers spend on classroom supplies out of their own pockets. Whiteboard markers, crayons, coloring pencils, sometimes even furniture for their classrooms. So it's only logical that teachers would want the best deals for their school supplies. I found this website that sells literally everything a teacher would need to fill their classrooms for all grade levels. Discount School Supply offers the best variety of school supplies, arts and crafts supplies, teaching resources, educational based toys and games, and learning tools for children, parents, and teachers. With a collection of thousands of arts and crafts materials, education toys, and dramatic play toys, the Discount School Supply website and catalog are sure to have something for infants and toddlers, as well as children in daycares, kindergarten, or preschool. Teachers and parents say the company offers great quality at a great price. Other benefits include free shipping on stock orders over $99, same-day shipping, 110% lowest price guarantee, plus web-only promotions, and they even have a clearance page for even more savings. Discount School Supply is America's one-stop shop for everything a teacher would ever need throughout the year. Check it out to see if you qualify for free shipping. Please use the affiliate link to support the channel. You can find it in the show notes or at legendaryeducator.com resources. Discount School Supply, always low prices, always 110% guaranteed. Weighing all the negatives and the positives, is it worth it? Yeah, hands down. And I can speak from my own experience. Okay, if you want to be a teacher 
that wants to just do the classic, get in the classroom, stay at the same school for your entire career? Mm -hmm. No, because the public system, particular in British Columbia, doesn't necessarily understand the value of an international teacher. Mm. And they have system, you know, they have a union and there's all these steps. So you, the time away from putting in your union hours will delay your, your eventual continuing contract in, in your province. Mm -hmm. But if you're okay and you're willing to say, okay, I, I'll forego the, the, the safety and the comfort and the golden handcuffs of a union and a public pension to go and learn and be and do mm. teaching from the get-go. Yes, a hundred times yes. As an independent school teacher, it is the reason why I'm in my fellowship at the school that I'm at right now, right? It is because I have a breadth of experience. I have taught junior garden, I've kindergarten, I've taught grade one, I've taught grade two, I've taught grade four, I've taught science, I've taught math, I've taught socials, I've taught mm. French. I teach economics, that's actually what I teach now. Mm. Political science, I teach philosophy. Like I've taught everything, English, all of it, all grades. And because of that, I may not have the safety of a government pension and a union, mm -hmm. but I have a resume that is clear that I am capable of doing anything. I am capable of stepping in when others step out, that I can grow with an institution and grow individually as a, as a, as a teacher, which means I don't get stagnant mm -hmm. in my teaching practice. Yes. And as I work in these independent schools, they tend to be more international. So I have not a perfect amount, but I have some understanding that different cultures have yes, different approaches exactly, to learn. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And again, besides the professional aspect of it, there is the experience and the relationships and the and the socialization outside of your own sort of cultural bubble and the expansion of your mentality and the expansion of your horizons and and so forth and so forth, right? Well, that's exactly it. And because I have taught in multiple different schools mm -hmm. and in different countries, I, I'm someone who likes systems. I'm a systems thinker. I just a couple of years ago completed my master's in leadership. Mm. And I approach things with different ideas because I have been exposed to them. Mm -hmm. I haven't been at the same school for 20, 20 plus years. And so I'm not necessarily only understanding one way of doing things. Yes. So Yes. I can come in and say, have you thought about X, Y, or Z? Mm. And in addition to working overseas is you are exposed, not just to different leadership styles and different ideologies and different mm -hmm. cultures, but as a, an educator, you're exposed to different systems of education. So I worked at a, you know, a Manitoba school in Egypt, teaching Manitoba curriculum, but I became exposed to this concept of IB, International Baccalaureate. Mm, right. And then when I came back to Canada, and then, so I knew that at the end of the day, I was, I was looking for an IB school. And I came and worked in Canada or in Victoria at an IB school, right. spent years teaching in the IB program, which has just honed my ability to teach even more because I was exposed to it. Mm -hmm. So many public school teachers don't even know what an IB school is mm -hmm. exactly. for good or for bad. They just right. don't. Right. At the end of the day, outweighs the negatives. Okay. 100%. Adventure, excitement, friendships, relationships growing as an as an as an academic growing mm. as a teacher an educator like especially in the 21st century all we talk about in the literature is about 21st century education mm -hmm. none of us know what that looks like because we don't <laughs> it hasn't been established yet 
right? We use 20th century <laughs> models. We yeah, use 17th We're century creating it now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so we're mm. creating it now. And the best mm. way to create it is a globalized world where you need globalized teachers. Well said. Thanks. Nice. <laughs> nice. Okay. Last question. Uh, what is the most frustrating thing of being a teacher? A teacher, not international teacher, just a teacher. Mm. That's a great question. I don't know. I'll say one, and I'll only talk about one. Mm -hmm. I'd say one of the most frustrating things about being a teacher, being a teacher, is teachers are, they have a little bit of ADHD. Mm -hmm. They they have many balls in the air. They are perfectionists. Mm -hmm. They're people pleasers. They're overachievers. But amongst that, they're incredibly, incredibly creative. Mm -hmm. And to be creative and all these other things I mentioned about what it makes a teacher requires time. And more often than not, there's just not enough time to do the job the way you want to do it. Right. Yes. Right. In mm -hmm. many classrooms, they are, it's, there is no teaching. It's just classroom management, mm -hmm. which means that it's really difficult because you don't feel like you're having any success. And teaching is this long-term success. So I used to paint houses. And the nice thing about painting houses was it was instant gratification. Mm. Paint the wall, you paint mm. the room, done. Like, oh, it looks nice. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Looks good, right? Mm -hmm. Teaching, you don't necessarily see the results until three years later and your student phones you and says, hey, guess right. what? Mm -hmm. I'm working for the Bank of Canada. Mm -hmm. like, what? Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's, oh, that makes my heart so happy. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about me. It was about you growing and being and doing right i just that's so that's the frustration because mm. we we try so hard to be perfectionists and do the job so very well and you don't always feel like you have the time to do that to have that success so you see a lot of like you wonder then are, are you are you impacting mm -hmm. are you changing are you impacting hello you... <laughs> yeah anybody else there? yeah <laughs> i think that's one that's one i'm currently thinking about as a frustration of being a teacher Again, that is an awesome answer. Thanks, Ramos. I thank well, you, Andrea, and all the best to you. And I hope we chat again on The Legendary Educator. You bet. Thanks for having me. Good luck to it all. Loving it already. And uh, my love to your family. Okay, thank you so much. One of the great things about being a teacher is the flexibility to teach abroad and travel the world see new cultures and meet new people. Schools from all over the world are always looking for native English speakers to teach their students. Sometimes whether or not you're actually trained or have any teaching experience. What you will need, however, is a TEFL certification or teaching English as a foreign language. This is your ticket to working at thousands of schools all over the world, in Asia, Middle East, South America, and Europe. The TEFL Institute is an internationally recognized and leading TEFL course provider. They offer a range of accredited TEFL courses to students worldwide to prepare them to teach English anywhere in the world. With over 30 years of teaching experience and expertise in EFL training, their TEFL courses are recognized and trusted by employers globally. They are motivated by their passion for travel, teaching, and building lasting relationships with their students. And they're here for you every step of your TEFL journey. By being TEFL certified, you can teach overseas and online, even if you don't have a teaching background. With the TEFL Institute, become TEFL certified in a matter of weeks. To support the channel, use the link available in the show notes, or browse this and other great resources at legendaryeducator.com resources. 
Check out the TEFL Institute today and explore the next chapter of your career and get up to 42% off the price of your course. Let me know what you thought about today's episode by leaving your comments, questions, or complaints in the Legendary Educator Facebook group. And if you have any questions about living or teaching abroad, please let me know because I could probably help you out. You'll find the link in the show notes or you can find it by searching for Legendary Educator FB Group on Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram at Legendary Educator and you'll want to get on the mailing list by going to LegendaryEducator.com because I'm cooking up some really exciting things for you. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this episode because that does something with the algorithms, which actually helps out a lot. Next week, another legendary episode with a different legendary educator. Class is dismissed.